Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will do our best to let you know they're coming. This episode, get your D20, because we've got a review of Dungeons & Dragons, plus various thoughts on the new seasons of Succession, Yellow Jackets, and Party Down. Okay, as always, this is a plea to rate and review us wherever you find us. That's all I'm going to say about that. How are you, Justin? I'm good. I'm, uh, yeah, things are fine. Moving along. Mm-hmm. I got you. nothing exciting to say. How about you? Uh, I had a job interview. Nice. Everybody think good thoughts? You can call Aspire, Aspire Public School Districts and tell them that you would like them to hire your favorite podcaster. Or, or you can write a review of the podcast and say also hire fans. Yeah, you should do that. They should do both of those things. <laughs> do you want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons instead Let's of this ridiculousness? Do it. Do you want to do the... Yes, I do. Okay. I'm sorry. My glasses were giving me a hard time. Now they're completely <laughs> fogged over. Perfect. Okay, this is apparently the fourth movie version of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, so I wrote this note and then I looked. Apparently, there were three, two or three sequels to the crappy one that happened before. So that whatever like line I read that in, it's not really. So the, you gave me bad information. I did. That's it. I'm catching Great. it now. But here we're honest here on the next. All right. So this and the old crappy one and some sequels. And some sequels and maybe okay. a TV. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, my God. And the one with Tom Hanks, that was the first one, right? I guess that wasn't technically D&D. It was Mazes and Monsters. Oh, so. my God. All right. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this one stars Chris Pine as Edgen. They called him Ed so often that yeah. we're going to go with Edgen. The bard who works for a bunch of other character types. You're hilarious. <laughs> 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 from the game, and they all go to rescue his daughter from the villi- vinilo- <laughs> villainous Forge Fitzwilliam. I was so worried about saying Forge Fitzwilliam what that I messed up villainous. What a name. <laughs> and, st- and stop a straight-up evil red wizard. It also stars Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, and is directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who everyone might remember when he used to act on Freaks and Geeks. And we have come completely full circle now. What'd you think, Justin? You're also forgetting that he directed Game Night. uh, Oh, yes. uh, About people who love board games. So it's extra full circle. That you, what what happened when you saw board game, Justin? So I guess that's a good segue into my thoughts about Dungeons (laughs) and Dragons. Um, I don't like these directors. There's something I was, yeah, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. Because I, yeah, I think I was being a little nicer than usual after the movie. I thought it was fine. I, uh, I, first of all, let, let's do a little table setting. Little, let's do uh, the part where you also can't follow dialogue in well, movie. No, let's do a little table setting. Okay. Um, first of all, I am a very fake D and D fan from way back. I, that's that story I told Peter. Um, probably when I was I don't know ten for Easter. I got Easter gifts. First of all, is that weird? I don't know. I feel like that's weird. I, can't, I think it's weird. It but... was like an Easter basket and then like, and it wasn't always. It was just like occasionally. It was like, here's a gift. And my parents bought me one of the D&D like monster Guide guides books. or something because I had some nerdy friend who I sort of wanted to be cool with, which is the, also the weird part of the story. Um, 
And I thought the cover looked awesome and badass, and I liked fantasy stuff. And I opened it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, too much math in there. I don't, this is not at all what I expected or signed up for. Um, and so I don't know. I went into this thinking the preview looks kind of fun. I think it's better than any D&D movie ever has the right to be. It was pretty, pretty solid. The monster, I thought the monster design, first of all, stellar, like great monsters. Um, anything time there was like a monster on the screen, I was into it. I thought Chris Pine was a lot of fun. I thought most of the cast was pretty fun, give or take. I thought some people were kind of phoning it in, but um, probably mostly uh, Hugh Grant. I was going to say, was that schmoosh man? Yeah, not, not so good in this movie. And it's kind of just in a bad moment right now. I don't know what's happening with him. Um, but I have thoughts on that. Yeah. it. Uh, and I don't agree. And I thought the plot was just messy and you say that I can't follow dialogue but it was pretty messy like I, it was we talk about my my malaplotism I mean I followed of it trying to fix things like we had a conversation with the people we saw it with after and there were a lot of things where we were all like what it just happened and why did that happen and a lot of it did not add up we all I'm gonna phone Josh in now because I'm pretty <laughs> sure me Josh and Alina were like yeah don't you remember how blah 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 no, and there was you, a lot of stuff that everybody I'm calling Josh. didn't make any sense mm. um it was fine it was fun I don't know what I expect out of a Dungeons and Dragons movie um I think one of my main problems with it was that I there were just no emotional stakes like the whole idea was that he was rescuing his daughter did not ever seem to really focus on that or care about that. I had no connection to sort of Pine and his daughter as a, a sort of familiar familial unit. And so it just sort of didn't, I just kind of washed over me. I was just sort of like bored through all of it. I thought there were some fun jokes. I liked the middle part with the, uh, there's some great stuff that's in the preview with sort of dead people, very Monty Python-ish. I thought that was fun. I could have used more of that. I felt like it either either needed to be like, goofier and sillier or like a better movie it felt very just like stuck in neutral for me but that's me kramer versus kramer the rpg is that what you wanted (laughs) (laughs) i just i now i'm intrigued (laughs) i don't know what else you want from a role-playing game um you get jokes you get the classifications of characters you get if they're evil if they're good they're bad they're lawful they're neutral they're chaotic you just that's what you get and i didn't get enough chaos in the movie oh there was plenty of chaos anyway i have not seen this movie twice i enjoyed it a heck of a lot more than justin um i i i kind of get what you're saying about emotional stakes but i also think it's a role-playing game that they kind of set up this is you know the story and by the end your emotional stake was really Michelle Rodriguez, but I also think that was part of the point was that Chris Pine wasn't super tuned in because his wife died. And once he realized that her tie was not to his wife. Sorry, we're giving lots of spoilers here, but well, I mean, kind of, you know, I'm not saying what happens, but his, his tie is to his wife. His daughter's tie is to Michelle Rodriguez because she was a baby when her wife died and that becomes central to the plot. I really liked it. I thought it was funny. I did think that the, I mean, I kind of get you about Hugh Grant, but 
we can talk about that Ashley Graham interview if you want. I do think that a lot of people are standing in front of her that she maybe doesn't need people to stand in front of her and that they're thinking, well, she's a plus size model, so we have to defend her. When actually she wasn't asking to be defending, defended and he didn't tell her she was fat. Yeah, he, he talked to her like he was a British guy and she went, all right, you're kind of weird, British guy, moving on. I didn't and even pay enough attention. The world that, exploded. But, yeah. So that is why he's kind of got some bad press right now that I don't think either one of the people involved had anything to do fair enough totally anyway i liked it i thought the cast was great i i loved that it didn't have to stop and explain everything the people who knew knew the people who didn't know could still play along the people who didn't know were me um well but you could still follow the basic plot yeah there were plot holes and things you didn't necessarily understand but you weren't like people watching the first hunger games movie that were like wait a minute what the hell just happened it's true it's i I was seeing that there were like a lot of easter eggs that as i sort of looked afterwards went right over my head but i was like oh it didn't it didn't annoy me on that level where I was like, that's some Easter egg I don't get. And right. I did appreciate it on that level that it sort of was like, did work as just a self-contained yeah. movie. Like, they weren't stopping and going, eh, eh, see, eh, eh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's funny bringing up this idea of the chaotic things. Like, I, I felt like the four kind of heroes, maybe that's part of my problem is they were just all kind of like blandly good i think maybe i, I mean they a were little more is the game like some of the, the character types i would have said the that they were all chaotic good actually because they're okay. doing the right thing but not in the lawful or the neutral way yeah they're doing it in a sort of we're just going to make however it happens way so right. i think that your understanding of what the k what chaotic yeah. means in dungeons and dragons might be but maybe the tension of of differences in that would have been a little more interesting yeah. to like the movie this yeah. is again it's a role-playing game movie i mean because <laughs> my character that i play is a yeah. chaotic good rogue which is basically hugh grant except that this hugh grant i think was chaotic neutral Leaning toward quite chaotic bad. Wait, how? See, I, now I am confused. How is he not just straight up evil? Because he's because he was sort of working with the good guys. Now, by the end of the movie, yeah, he right. was straight. Right, up. We're going full spoilers. Yeah. But by the end of the movies, he was chaotic bad, yeah. Yeah. but um, or even neutral bad. Yeah. But all when he was running with those characters, that is. You know, also, I do want to give a shout out to um, one at least very excellent action scene involving Sophia Lillis. Oh. Just like there were moments that I really liked where I was like, oh, shit, this is the movie I want. Yeah. But I, they were a little too far and few between for me. Um, shout out to Fat Dragon, though. We love you. The Fat Dragon is so good. And Fat is, Dragon's up there. Yeah. That is my cat Chibs. And everyone who's met my cat Chibs and seen Ten seconds of that scene is, oh my god, it's Jibs. Can He's, verify. Yep. I want that fat dragon in my lap. Yep, yep. The <laughs> Sophia Lillis, when she's... It's funny how they manage to make the CGI of her character shape-shifting still seem like her. Yeah. And give specifically the owl bear such a personality. Yeah. And there, there's like two sequences with, with that. That was so fun. Yeah, and, some really fun scenes in that. Um yeah, I, overall, like, this is just me expecting too much. Surprise, so anyone's listening to this podcast will we'll be familiar with this. Also, the game night, they have a thing about just their dialogue and their, I just, there's yeah. something. Are, are we going to talk again off. about what, what happened with game night? <laughs> no, um, let's move on. Justin um, left 10 minutes in. <laughs> there's a there's a tonal thing that I can just tell it's not my jam. So, ten, 10 minutes. Um, 
Anyways, I hope the people that love this get another one because it seems like it's oh they're getting another one. Struggling it's doing a little fine. bit. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought it was doing fine. It seems like it's kind of like it was more. I don't know. Who knows? That's business talk. We don't know. Um, but the, something I listened to said it was like okay, but not good enough to like warrant a sequel. And this seems like a world that like the people that love it are going to want to play in. So I hope everyone gets that. Yeah, talk to me when it goes yeah. to VOD. Right and international. Yep, I think international is where it's not performing as well so anyways uh all right should we talk about stuff we've both seen other mm-hmm. than dungeons and dragons uh party down finish the season mm-hmm. um what'd you think i want more party down in my life now please thank you way too short I'm... what a fun six episodes i i understand why all of these people can't just devote their life to it man i want i want season two of severance in my face right now so i get it adam's got to go do your thing you know, I, I understand, you know, and, and what's his face? Uh, wow. Why can't I all of a sudden, I just blanked on his name. Tall guy with the glasses <laughs> who was Star. also, thank you. Martin Starr. <laughs> He's got to go do the second season, season of Tulsa King. So I mean, oh my God, I keep forgetting he was in that. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. I, anyway, but I loved it. I loved every, I literally loved every moment of it there. Yeah. Were there some points that were better than others yes but nothing was bad i want more i loved the coda that you missed uh- <laughs> yeah so i can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast no, but didn't. i was very much in the beginning like well was the goblin's gonna be in it they showed her like they're definitely setting up some kind of cameo or whatever and they'd not released anything and had been very tight-lipped and then i watched the finale and was like oh that was fun that was great and then was sort of like reading an article about it and they were mentioning oh there's a thing at the end i was like what now i guess it was a mid-credit thing i first of all nix we call it the nix i'm nixing mid-credit anything to stop it i don't want to like i don't watch the credits like- uh, you want to know how i know justin doesn't watch the credits here's how when he's logged in as me he is the human spoiler he is the he must have never be kind rewinded in his life because i go to watch something and there's like eh, two seconds of the show left. 30 to 90 seconds left and it's the credits i'm sorry mm-hmm Go ahead. What were you thinking no, about Pardia? Uh, just that I was very happy that she was back. I hope she comes back for the next episodes. Um, I hope that her schedule avail- yeah. makes her available. I think that they wouldn't have put that on there if they had not already spoken to her and been like, if you do this, let's clear your schedule. Let's make sure you're available to at least three episodes next season would be my guess. I don't I'm, think they would have done that to I'm us. I'm going to fanfic it a little bit. I want her out. I want, I'm sorry, I want her in. I want... The new chef character out, not working for me. I want Megan Mullally probably out, just not really working for me as a character. Yeah, can we bring Lynch in more? I want Lynch in person. I could take some Jennifer Coolidge. Um, You know, we can do a little more diversity, like, cool. I like more new characters joining. Uh, Props to uh, Saxon. Saxon. S-A-C-K-S-O-N. Saxon. So fun. Such a great character. Um, And and he and uh, the blonde guy are so fun together. I really like their dynamic. Honestly, do with a little less Roman. Sorry, I don't know. I'm a little tired of that character. I don't know. No, that's fair. Adam Scott and Jennifer Gardner, apparently, like the new like characters to get into and want. I'm just like, okay, talk about emotional stakes. I want them to be together. I like them together so much. Yeah, and I know Um, what's hard is I really like him and Lizzie Kaplan together too. So three really, three really likable actors that you're going to feel bad for one of them. And Ken Marino. 
love him. Yeah, under under sung like yep. comic genius. He's just got a great like yep. just the right edge of silly, like can do the like gross body humor stuff and still make it funny and sweet somehow. Um, just really like him a lot. Yay, party down. Um Big Door Prize. This is a new show on Apple. It is created by some of the people that are involved with Shits Creek, yes. I believe. Um, it is, I don't know, how many episodes is the first season? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I've seen f- two and a half. <laughs> very funny premise where when you read about it, you're like, I don't know about this. It's like a box mysteriously, mysteriously shows up at a small town. Like, a, I don't know where this town is set, first of all. I'm like, what? Where is this supposed to be? It's like fantasy. It's like in every town. And basically all these characters uh, take a card from this box after weirdly giving them personal information that nobody seems to be that upset about. Yeah, your social security <laughs> number and your fingerprints yeah. and $2. And $2. And then they basically get a card that tells them their potential, a very pretty blue card. Uh, and yeah, it sort of sets some people on the path to like... I do new things. I'm apparently a secret biker or a magician or whatever. And other people get things that are a little more like, you know, mundane or make them challenge things. Um, I, yeah, I like this show so far. I think I've only watched two episodes. Um, First of all, Chris O'Dowd is just a charm machine. He's just such a dork and he's so funny and lovely. Um, Just riding around on that dumb scooter just like cracks me up. Um, Say now, this is going to go against everything I've ever said about the Irish. I, he is so bland to me in general. I mean, he's a fine actor. He's a fine everything. I, he is just tapioca to me. I mean, he plays into that, clearly. I, I understand yeah. that. But, like, yeah. I know he's playing into it. And I'm still like, no, dude, for real, you're tapioca. I don't care. <laughs> my <Yeah>. dad, <laughs> I watched this with my parents. And my dad kept being like, that's the goofiest human being I've ever seen in my life. Um, and he's very, his face is just so punchable, but it's like in a fun way. Um, his, I feel like I don't know a lot of the other actors in this. No, there's um, not a, a lot of big but names. Everybody's good. And I'm super mm-hmm. like, who are these people? And I'm intrigued where it's going. Um, there's some, a little bit of mystery, like the, the liar card thing. I wasn't totally paying attention there, yeah. but we didn't figure out who, whose card mm-hmm. that was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Do you have guesses who the liar card is? Nah. Okay. I'm not um, Mr. Box. I've got mystery box other places. We'll get yeah, to that. And yeah. I don't have room for mystery box with some weird little half an hour Apple show. I like it. I'm intrigued. I will continue watching it. It has not yellow jackets or bad sistered me. And again, for me, O'Dowd is not O'Dowd. For me, uh, yeah, Chris O'Dowd is more of I know, a. Keeping is it Dowd or O'Dowd? Yeah. I remember yeah. I, for me, he's. Because he is so, I just kind of, I've known that man too much. And so I'm kind of like, you are the least interesting interesting thing about this show to me. And so he's the thing that kind of makes me think I don't want to watch anymore right now of this guy. And I know that I am not in the majority in my feelings about him, but he's just not my favorite. And yet I will finish the show. Yeah. There's something very, I don't know. I like the writing and I like the way it's treating kind of this this potential this like whatever magic realism thing yeah just with it like just enough gravity but like not 
too much. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it sort of moves past the ridiculousness and gets into like, who are these characters? How do they relate? You kind of enjoy spending time with them, even though you're like, oh, this could curdle at any minute. And you're just kind of waiting for where it goes. I have no idea where it goes. And frankly, yeah. that's kind of exciting. I do think the classroom scenes are very realistic of trying to so keep a classroom fun. on point. Yeah. So on track. Oh, my God. I love it. It's it's very funny. I laughed aloud, like loudly in it, like a few <laughs> times. Like, OK, that was like good, funny writing. And I, I say that as somebody who wasn't a Shit's Creek fan. So. Um, all right. What else? Let's. Why don't you take it away, since I feel like you got the hot topics. Oh, do I have the hot topics? Okay, yeah, I saw John Wick 4. That is two hours and 49 minutes of just delightful, punchy, punchy, stabby, stabby, uh, gunny, gunny, car, car, fun. You You never have to worry about the dogs, because after the first 10 minutes of the first movie, every dog has plot armor, so they can bring in all these really cute dogs. I, R.I.P. Lance Reddick, we were... God, I loved him. I still do. You know, I mean, he's just there in the background of so many things of, you know, of Fringe, of Bosch, of John Wick. He was just the solid, kind man. And yeah, so Lance Reddick, miss ya. It's a lot of fun. I hope they make a fifth one. I hope they never stop making these movies. I know they're super not for Justin, but God, I enjoy them. So nice. that was John Wick. Uh, I watched the first episode of Sean Ryan's new show on the on Netflix on the Netflix because I'm 812 <laughs> years old of uh, the Night Agent, which is kind of it's basically if you were the lowest level FBI agent in a garage, and also your dad was a like a a turncoat. And so everybody kind of thought maybe you were a turncoat too, but then you picked up the phone and you had to protect somebody and then big conspiracy. So it's slow horses, but American. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It moves. So it moves a little quicker and it's Sean Ryan who was like, uh, the shield and a couple other things. And so he's got that kind of crackly. It's good. People are going friggin' crazy for it. Um, I will keep watching it because it's good enough. And, yeah, good you know, spy show. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched the first three episodes of The Power on Amazon. Uh, it's based on a novel by, I did not look it up, it's Eileen someone, I believe, um, that I read a couple years ago now. And it's if young women, the premise is that young women, usually between the ages of 12 and 18, have formed a new organ that can produce much the way our heart and everything produces electrical current, only this is all that organ does. And so that women are are empowered with the ability to basically touch you and kill you Um, and other things with this power. And how does the world react to that? Also, they can give that power to other women. Um, Tony Collette, uh, I think it's... The first episode you got to get through. I okay. liked it more than a lot of people are saying, oh, the first episode's terrible, but then you're okay. I didn't think the first episode was terrible. I think it was doing a lot of setup and a lot of, you know, plot-itis of we're dumping a lot of stuff on you. But I didn't think it was bad. Um, the second and third episode, they dropped, they dropped three at a time, were much better. 
more concise and and focused. Uh, this is a world where Jang, where John Leguizamo and Tony Collette are married. I want to live in that world. Whoa, love yes, it. yeah, that's a world I would like to live in. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I'm trying to even imagine the two of them talking to each other. Yeah, it's so adorable, and I love it. Um, <laughs> and neither one of them go, "We're married." <laughs> It's very interesting. It has a lot to say. It's. Uh, I was waiting for your reviews. Basically, if Handmaid's Tale wasn't gross, in you know, like it has some of the same things to say that Handmaid's Tale does, but it's not beating you over the head with a mallet. Yeah, it's kind of like tapping you on the you know the ankle with a with a hammer. Um, I I have found myself going, oh, I wanted to, because uh, I thought they were going to drop it all, and I was like, okay, where's the next one after three? And so I found myself thinking about it and that I want to go back, and I think four, five, and six, I believe, have dropped now. So I will probably go home and watch it. I, I am a chance. really I think, enjoying I think it. I might like this. I was waiting yep. for your review on it. Yep. Um, it's funny, hearing about the premise, my first thought was, did Kelly Barnhill just rip this when, <laughs> when we were dragons? Like, it's sort right. of... I mean, it's sort of similar, whatever. I guess you're right. It's a lot of trope for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm curious to to see this. Yeah, I would be interested to know what you think. Um, I would like everyone out in the world to go and buy yourself a month of Apple TV Plus, even if you're going to watch nothing else but this 20 minutes of of content. I want you to go to the newest season, season five of Carpool Karaoke, and I want you to find Alan Cumming and Brian Cox... (laughs) <laughs> together in a car singing songs including spice girls <laughs> and talking about stuff this is put it in my veins when i am depressed this is what i will go watch this is delightful unfiltered joy just trust me please go watch alan cummings and brian cox the two scots on carpool karaoke just do it Mom's boyfriends together, finally, at last. Yeah, Brian Cox is not my boyfriend. <laughs> but moms. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Moms are like, oh, Brian Cox and the younger queer Brian yeah, Cox. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Really, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I watched the first episode and three minutes of Rabbit Hole, which is the new Kiefer Sutherland. You're I swear really to God, I'm, I'm not Jack Bauer. I'm definitely not Jack Bauer. You can tell I'm not Jack Bauer because I have a really stupid haircut. <laughs> It's Jack Bauer, uh, which is fine. I watched every minute of Jack Bauer, but just just make more 24, people. Just pre- don't pretend it's not Jack Bauer. Oh, but it's in finance, and it's Jack Bauer. It's fine. I, I liked it. I think I've ever felt a show so aggressively marketed it's towards me. On. Like, really, it's they're really pushing it. Yeah. It's everywhere with the yellow and the black yeah. and the... And I still didn't even know that's what it was. So they're not doing a great job at selling it. I don't know what to tell you about it. Yeah. Maybe in five episodes I'll adore it. But it's just way too complicated for what it is. Yeah. I'll get there. But it has a lot of actors I like. I'll move on. How do you say you're a garbage person without saying you're a garbage person? <laughs> you say, hey, have you been watching Love is Blind on Netflix? New season of Love is Blind has dropped. These are some terrible, terrible people. We hate Irina and Micah. They're awful. And and we're glad that Zach broke up with Irina and is now gone and tried to get Bliss to take him back. Micah just needs to take a long walk off a short pier and let her, like, scientist guy be in love with Irina if he wants to be. I don't understand why, because she is also terrible. These are two people that have issued public apologies about how awful they are on Netflix because people have found them on the Internet and said, you guys are awful. 
Love is Blind. Is this a show like, okay, if I had to jump in for one reality show, is this the show that it should be? Or should it be Real Housewives? No, it's not Real Housewives because you wouldn't stay long enough. Okay. You might want to try a Love is Blind. Okay, start from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Now, this season's kind of a train... No, start with this season. Okay. All right? All right. Because even all the seasons haven't dropped... All the episodes haven't dropped for this season. They, they dropped tonight at midnight. We've been in a little bit of a dry spell. Let's I try it. Let's try just it. see okay. what you think. It's okay. okay if you're like, oh my God, yeah. I, I can feel my IQ lowering <laughs> and all of these people deserve to get smacked in the face. It's I'm, okay. I'm ready for that. All right. Um... I also watched Secrets of the Playboy Mansion. I expected this to be sort of a, oh, you know, Hugh Hefner, not a great guy or a great guy. I was traumatized by this show. First off, it's like seven or eight episodes. It's on Hulu, and it is literally woman after woman after woman talking about one of the women who was one of the women who was raped by Bill Cosby, and Hefner knew, and he and Hefner were best friends. Hefner, like videotaping all of these women and they still don't know necessarily where those tapes are but he left it in his will that they get taken care of the tapes it was one woman who's uh, was the daughter of his best friend who was his lawyer who then he wanted to sleep with oh my God. and it was i didn't ever like hugh hefner now i'm glad he's dead but i almost want to dig him up with one of those things from the move from dungeons and dragons ask him five questions and put him in prison like ask him four questions and then put him in prison and never ask him the fifth question so he doesn't get to die Uh. this was was well done it was well produced it clipped along but oh my god it was depressing Uh. you know even more depressing than people eating their friends (laughs) <laughs> Yellow Jackets is back. Yellow Jackets season two. I love the show. I love everything about the show. I that's not true. I love everything about the show, and I like Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis <laughs> is one of those actors that's like has talent but no range. I'm with you. And her, the person that plays her character in the 1996 timeline, is so awesome and you root for that character so much and then to have her turn up and be this snarling Scientologist that only does one thing I don't understand they already had Christina Ricci I do not understand why they felt like they had to cast Juliette Lewis in this role she doesn't even really want the role where if you listen to the you know you watch the press stuff she doesn't even like the character really yeah okay which I do so Anyway, besides that, it's back. It's great. They're eating people now because, like, last season there was memes going around of, like, that stick character with the, like, the stick-drawn person with with a stick poking something that said, come on, eat somebody already. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody got eaten last year. First episode, which, by the way, was called Friends, Romans, Countrymen. (laughs) Can you finish that quote, Justin? Go ahead. Lend me your ears. Oh, right, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Got there's it. a reason it is called Lend right. Me Your Ears. Okay. The, the show's cheeky. The needle drops are incredible. It Their 90s stuff is good. Melanie Linsky's awesome. Christine Ricci's hilarious. We now, you know, who has entered the chat? Elijah Wood has entered the chat. Okay. <laughs> Probably going to get eaten. I don't think so. No, no, no. He's entered it in the modern day. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. He is also a citizen detective. So like they Misty. only eat him one timeline. Yeah, they only eat him one time, right? <laughs> he has entered the chat. He is a citizen detective like Misty, who citizen detectives are like cops, except nobody asked us. <laughs> great writing, great directing. 
I love this show so much. And I have so many, it sends me down so many rabbit holes and I look forward to it. I watch it with friends. So at 9.01 on Thursday, I'm thinking, would they know if I watch the episode before we get together tomorrow? Because Showtime drops theirs at 9.01 our time. I have not yet cracked. We'll see what happens tonight. Love this show. Watch the show. Love it, love it, love it. Nice. Uh, season four of Succession. Succession, I maintain, has the best casting and the best writer's room on TV in the last decade. Specifically, the casting is outrageous. Everybody on that show is top-notch. I think Kieran Culkin, Jeremy Strong gets all of the kudos and, oh, he's a, you know, everybody hates him because he's a method actor and whatever. I think Kieran Culkin is low-key giving the best performance on this show. His character with his smarmy, he, he has levels and this sort of sad neediness that he's not, that he's overcompensating for and this weird sexual pathos that isn't ever really talked about, but is a known secret. Sarah Schnook is outrageously good. I'm not taking anything away from Jeremy Strong, but I do think that this show just from somebody with three lines to, you know, the character of Willa to Jerry, who's uh, uh, J. Smith Cameron, it's just so good. And I'm, I hate that I'm saying this because I thought I was going to get one more season after this. They announced when the first episode was about a week out that this was it, that Jesse Armstrong said this is the end of it. And I was upset. I'm glad they are bringing the show to an end. I, it feels like they are nailing it. And in order to be put in the capsule as one of the greatest shows of the last decade, they needed to end it. Um, nice. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. At the they, end. Yeah. They're really good at the reset. It's yeah. Brian Cox is outrageous. I will talk more as we go along, but I, the show is a phenomenon and I just think it's great. Nice. I would talk more about it, but you ain't seen either of these shows. So <laughs> write in. People ask me questions. Tell me what you think about Yellow Jackets. Maybe I'll talk to you about your email or whatever. But <laughs> let's do that because I love these shows. Nice. What'd you do? Uh, I saw a movie that was nominated for Best Foreign Film. Uh, from It was France's entry of last year, St. Omer. Uh, this is a very fucking depressing movie about a true story that's been a little bit altered about um, a Senegalese immigrant who basically is accused of drowning her baby. Um, there's another woman who's also a Senegalese immigrant, but a little sort of more like, like second generation is a professor and is interested in this case, partly from an academic interest, but also uh, just wants to sort of sort of be there during this case. So most of this movie is just a courtroom drama about not even like, did this happen or what are the repercussions? It's sort of like, why did this happen? Um, and it is really fucking depressing. Uh, but I found it really effective is just sort of a really amazing look at sort of just how these things that we think are so like these, these divides between like functioning and not functioning or snapping and losing it, given the pressures of the world are much closer than we, we think. I mean, that's sort of the premise of a lot of these things, but yellow jackets also, obviously. Oh, yeah. but, um, it is just, and it ties it into this sort of immigrant story and sort of these very kind of like small traumas that the sort of witness has had in her own life 
and and sort of she's seeing these connections with this like much more severe version of that and it's sort of like this emotional journey the acting in this is so fucking good it's beautifully shot it's like for just being in a courtroom i was just like riveted by like looking at it which is something to be said just beautifully filmed uh, St. Omer's on VOD. Check it out. Also on VOD is Missing. Uh, this is the follow-up to, I forget their names, the directors. I think it's two people. Uh, their last movie was Searching. <laughs> now it's right. Missing. The uh, Searching was basically about, uh, you know, it was one of these movies where the entire thing takes place on computer screens, and it's sort of a mystery. It's basically found footage on a computer screen. Um, searching was about a man looking for his daughter. Uh, missing is about a young woman looking for her mom who disappears. It's really, these guys are really good at this sort of like making this sort of found footage screen thing work. It's very fun and just like exciting to watch. And the mystery is great. It doesn't totally land the plane. This is hilarious. You have switched on both of the movies that I talked to you about this week. You were like, missing was fine. And I liked Dungeons and Dragons when we talked a day ago. Now it's like, I hated Dungeons and Dragons and missing was amazing. No, that's not what I said to you. I said that (laughs) missing was fun and it did not land the plane. And Dungeons and Dragons, I was mostly, yeah, just biting my tongue a little bit. Um, But uh, yeah, this movie is, it's made for AMC+. Much yeah. like Dungeons and Dragons. I am just giving you a hard time. <laughs> um, much better than uh, Missing or Dungeons and Dragons. Vesper is on uh, Video On Demand. This is a movie that sort of came out for like a week last year uh, and nobody paid attention to it. It is this beautiful, crazy good sci-fi movie uh, that sort of, if anyone's interested in Last of Us but wants to see a sort of more thoughtful, like weird trippy sci-fi mushroom kind of thing. It's about a world that's sort of been poisoned and basically people are using all these kind of like mushroom and medicinal things to sort of uh, survive, but also for bad purposes, it is a slow, beautiful, weirdly inventive, just like strange head trip of a sci-fi movie. The performances are amazing. I love this movie. Vesper, check it out. It's on VOD. It deserves a lot more attention. I think it'll probably find a cult following. Uh, All the Beauty and Bloodshed, this is on HBO Max right now. It is uh, a documentary about Nan Golden, who was a photographer in the 80s and 90s, who sort of is famous for shooting a lot of, like, especially queer people, but, like, women in party situations, a lot of drugs and debauchery, but she really captures this sort of, like, spirit of people kind of behind these scenes and just was also as as they sort of point out in the documentary just kind of like i'm photographing my friends and that's art and everyone's like yeah guess what it is um and she's a fascinating character just for a, a story about her anyways but the movie really focuses on her uh addiction to opioids and basically having lived through the AIDS crisis and lost so many friends, also seeing so many people then getting addicted to opioids and dying. She takes on the Sacklers, uh, who are... uh, The worst. The worst, and basically have their name all over, like, many museums all over the country and other places, and... And the opiate crisis. Yeah, and she just literally is basically like, you want my art? You take this shit down, and it's not going back up. And she leads this entire activist group. And I really was, like, a little worried it was going to be this sort of, like, aren't I great? I did this. But it's really, like, a great... Kind of, you're right there with her of just, like, I don't have a choice but to be in this. Um, And it has sort of a happy ending. She makes some progress in it. So that's good. And she also... It's just a good portrait of, like, an amazing artist 
It was also like kind of just like I'm an addict. Like I'm dealing with this. It's like there's no happy ending there. It's like my life goes on, yeah. and and this Ugh. evil corporation took advantage of that. Um, uh, caveat is on Vudu. This is a uh, you can actually watch it for free with ads on Vudu. Um, probably maybe other places. I don't know. It is an Irish horror film. Uh, it's fucking delightful and creepy and got under my skin again. Doesn't totally land the plane, but. Wow, when this thing is going, I kind of want you to watch it. There's a little monkey with creepy eyes that beats a drum, like a little toy monkey that they basically use as a divining rod to find the spirit. And the eyes on the monkey are like almost human eyes. Uh, there's, it's, it's a little monkey shines. That's Stephen King. Totally. Yeah, no, I'm... It is fucking terrifying, this movie. And when the ghosts show up, it's very minimal and but oh, thank just, like, you, Mama. more scary because of it um and then there's just lots of pretty irish accents and pretty irish people so i think you might enjoy it uh almost good but not quite good i've been doing a lot of like non-found footage horror movies uh the harbinger is on tubi uh and this is a movie set during covid uh basically about a woman who's kind of potting up with her brother and father and she ends up getting a call from an old friend who's like in distress. And so she goes to the city to be with this person during COVID. Everybody's been seeing this phantom in a uh, old plague mask, like a of doctor's course. plague mask. Um, and it's sort of very on the nose, kind of covid sort of, you know, the, the fear and loneliness of this pandemic sort of manifesting. But weirdly it was, Dave and I were watching it. And in the first 20 minutes we were like, this is the first actually really good COVID movie that really deals with that feeling in a real way. Like the dialogue's actually really good and the acting is good. And you're just like, holy shit, this could be amazing. But they don't about, land the plane. Yeah, you know, it's about a fucking ghost in a plague mask. Like it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's somebody who's been thinking about a lot of this stuff lately. It's, it's hard to land that plane. So appreciate them for trying. Um, the Mandalorian. Woo. Woo. Stinky. Wow, it is a stinky Grogu diaper, and I love it. Yeah, you're here for it. So I've been talking about this before, but last night this episode was just, it's divided the, even the Mandalorian, what's not even divided, all the Mandalorian people hate it. They're like, the show's jumped the shark, it's awful. I agree, and I actually think the show has become fun now because it's so awful. There, this fucking baby Yoda is flipping around like it was <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Yoda, like <laughs> like constantly like flipping around, landing in this episode in Lizzo's arms, playing a I mean, space well, empress, you? wearing a giant train. It helps her psychically using the force win a game of space croquet, and it's just kind of making little gestures with its eyes, and the ball is flying through the thing, and Lizzo's getting excited and thinks she's winning. Jack Black is her husband with this giant, awful, disgusting beard that is not a special effect. No, I've seen like, it. Yeah. And I've seen it. It's it not is good. so bad, and Pedro Pascal is just like... Even with a mask on, you can tell he's like, what am I doing in this hot garbage? It is like turning into like Xena level, like, you know, channel channel uh, 11 back in the day in New York. We used to watch Xena and Hercules and all those terrible, like, cheapo looking shows. Mandalorian, you're getting worse and it's about time. Um, 
The Number Ones is a book I just finished. It is by Tom Braham. I'm not sure how to say his name. Uh, he's a music critic, and it is basically just a look at, I forget how many, like a couple dozen number one songs over the years, and sort of how they changed pop music. It's a lot of fun. I tore through it in like two seconds, um, and it's just very breezy and an easy read. And he does a good job of like tackling like, you know, like Mariah Carey ballads that I don't give a shit about, but basically does a, a good thing at capturing like why it was so emblematic of that time in pop music. So he's a good, good writer in that way. Okay. Um, finally, staying on the music tip, uh, I, I meant to talk about this last time and it's kind of old news at this point, but De La Soul on Spotify, the entire catalog, the best hip hop band ever. Um, you know, RIP, uh, Dave, um, just, Really an amazing band, and the first four albums just not only hold up, but are, like, even better than I sort of remembered. Yeah. Um, also, go watch Jimmy Fallon. They did a, um, no, yes, Fallon. It's funny. I heard somebody else talking about this the other day, and now it's in my brain. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, not Jimmy Kimmel, uh, talking about basically, uh, yeah, he talks to the surviving members, and they do a performance with... Uh, Black Thought from the Roots filling oh. in for Dave, and they do Stakes is High, which is one of the great De La Soul songs. I don't think I can watch that. It's incredible. Oh. It's oh. such a good performance. At one point, the music drops out, and he's just rapping from his heart, and they're just such a, like, yeah. such a fucking good-hearted, yeah. adventurous, like, wonderful fucking bunch of musicians that just really changed hip-hop, and then more quickly, like, forgotten about and nobody f and i think people are finally like oh yeah this could have been also what hip-hop is yeah. you know and like i'm not saying one's better than the other but it's no. nice to have that version of it in the mix totally so um all right so yeah lots to talk about uh again we know succession yellow jackets hot topics talk to fanny tell her things because i don't have anything to say so keep her keep her going on this yeah because um, if he breaks and watches these shows it's just going to become like the grump <laughs> and the grump the and then the grump like bunter so right. somebody talk to me all right <laughs> you can get on facebook and tell me how i'm not a grump and <laughs> uh that's it the next podcast uh you can email us at motionix at gmail.com just put grump in the subject <laughs> Grump, who is it? Um, you can also get on Twitter. Grump, uh, there at he the is. Next podcast. Grump, there he is. Uh, and also, Fanny's on Twitter at Fanny V. Darling. I am. Um, to blue, blue check or not? No blue check. I'm not paying for that. We are going to open one that's called at Grump, there he is. And I'll make Justin look at it. There we go. We'll talk to you next time.